Yeah, dude, and that basically was how I ended up on the train with the Queen of England and, like, a bunch of security were threatening to murder me. But anyway, uh, let's get into this episode. So, <clears throat> welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hate fucking saying that. It's so rude and disrespectful. Hey, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you, you You might be overcorrecting there ever so slightly. Uh, no, no, no. They said whenever you're... You can just say, hey, cave, folks. You, like, you just like jerk real hard yeah. to the right and like yeah, uh, yeah. that's like pray. When, that's when you're when you're driving and you skid on the uh, on the ice you should definitely turn the wheel as hard as you possibly can in the opposite direction and then you'd be yeah, fine it's, it's like if a, if the light bulb ever goes out in one of your lamps you're supposed to unplug it and stick a fork in the socket right yeah. that's what i was always told. yeah you're supposed to eat the lamp the whole yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 the metal too yeah, yeah. just melt melt that down first and then you can drink yeah. it pretty yeah. easy steam the milk not uh, too much but uh but I hey folks we, welcome maybe we should just do uh hello angels and demons you can choose what you want to be now <laughs> yeah we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll refer to people as different dan brown books from <laughs> <laughs> hey digital of, fortress how's it going is that dan brown? Dan, <laughs> I dude I, besides I the three Listen, you could ask my grandmother. I don't know a Dan Brown book besides the three that were is made your, into the movies. Is your grandma really into Dan Brown? No, she's not. Okay. But I feel like also, she would know. Also, I don't really know like what shade I'm trying to cast. I have read every Robert Langdon novel. Like I <laughs> accidentally a little bit. Like the last one that I read, I like had just had to grab I realized I was going to India and I didn't have a book with me. I was like, oh shit. I was at the airport in New York and I was like, oh, I just grabbed a book off the shelf and I was like, oh, I guess. Dan Brown did another Robert Lane. I did. I did read the whole thing, and it was not many, very good. So, can, can I ask you how how many are there? Just the four, then the three there they is, made in the fourth one. So there is um, there is Angels and Demons, The Da Vinci Code. There is the Lost Symbol, which I believe they're turning into a TV show. Which I found that one to be like the most interesting. Okay, what's the one that we're missing? Because you had Vinci uh, Code and then Inferno and Demons. Oh, Inferno. Inferno is the one that came out and literally fucking nobody saw. Um, Dude, tell me another Tom Hanks movie that you could bring up and literally nobody would think what? I'm certain there that? is one. I'm certain there is one, like, but I cannot think of what it would be. It have, yeah. have to be like a young Tom Hanks, like an early like Money Pit era. Like I Tom even, Hanks. I was even kind of like, oh, you know, like because I've I've seen, I had seen all. I mean, all I'd seen the other two. I got angry when I went to go see. I remember I went to go see uh, uh, Angels and Demons when I was dating Rachel in high school, and I remember I had read, I had read the book, and like the it was like wildly different. And I was so fucking angry when I okay. Left. Let's let's spoil that for a second because I have a really huge problem with that movie. That with the movie books. Angels and Demons, yes. Yeah. Okay. Ewan McGregor. That's not how fire works. You don't cast yourself in oil and light yourself on fire and then run out of a fucking building. That is not how this works. Okay. We do not do those things. I if mean, you get lit on fire, you will make it maybe four steps. You I are analyzed. Denethor run ran eighteen miles. Yeah, and we also discovered that. You know what? You know what Lord of the Rings is? Fantasy. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that it's makes it acceptable. It's possible like, that it's fantastical. Yeah. But uh, no, I I did have a just a recent thought. I think I'm going to put you on the spot at okay. the end of the podcast. So I'm going to give you enough time to think about it. But I just realized now, because we were covering a Wes Anderson movie, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't know if Kellen would agree, but I would say this is Kellen's favorite filmmaker because eh, I like, I, reason, I'm a fan. I'm a look, fan. Look, Kellen, I'm here, sitting here looking at every movie that uh, Wes Anderson's made. And literally, I've seen all but two, and only one of them you are not personally responsible for. 
do you remember do you remember that time we were at your grandma's and we were you were like oh i'm gonna bring a movie for us to watch and i was like cool i'm gonna bring a movie for us to watch and we both fucking brought wes anderson films i brought i brought life aquatic and you brought fantastic mr fox yeah Yeah. that was the one that i did not we were both like oh you should check out this i mean this was also like almost 15 years ago but yeah I, we, we thomas and i both brought this these dvds We're like oh i gotta show you this director oh, <laughs> like, oh, wait, oh wait a second Shit. okay yeah i haven't seen the only one i don't think i've seen um what is it rocket something or other yeah so like, I, I have not seen first bottle rocket i've not rocket, seen bottle yeah. rocket and I, I have not seen darjeeling unlimited those are the it's two Dar- I darjeeling seen. limited yeah. yeah um i have seen the only one i haven't seen is i haven't seen bottle rocket and i haven't seen isle of dogs Okay. Um, the one I don't remember very well is Moonrise Kingdom. I mixed it up with uh, another movie. I so can't remember. Here's the thing about Moonrise Kingdom is more people than any other, like in, in memory, and that, that's subject to being, you know, flawed. Uh, but I remember that most people being like, oh, that was great. Like, like really, like people who aren't typically like, oh, I love everything Wes Anderson, like just people, like average everyday people. It's, just like a coming of age, like Boy Scout Girl Scout yeah, kind of story. I think for, people can relate. For whatever reason, it didn't really do that. It wasn't bad, but it just didn't really do that much for me. Um, I okay, was like, oh, but, that's cool. But the trick I'm going to have you do is at the end when we're done. Obviously, the ones we haven't seen are going to be at the bottom because we haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. We're going to rank, because there's 10 of them, we're going to rank the Wes Anderson oh, movies. Shit. Okay. Because uh, I think that'll be fun. But in the meantime and in between time, we're going to talk about all those other ones and then this one. Because I feel like let's just have it be a Wes Anderson episode and we'll yeah, sure, kind of jump into Francis Rest. Although I will state, for the record, this does not preclude us from doing other Wes Anderson movies right. in the future. Uh, that is an important thing to... Because yeah. I could easily talk Fantastic Mr. Fox, Budapest, or Royal Bombs for like three hours. So we're not... That, that's Those are all open down the line. But... For this one, I just want to say right off the bat, before we get started, I had no fucking clue about this movie. I vaguely heard of this movie in uh, from, like, film critics and stuff, because I remember them telling me about a movie where Bill Murray, like, owned a paper and dies, and then, like, it tells this yeah story of, like, I guess, like, a day in the paper kind of thing. But I'd forgotten completely about it, and, like, so when I started watching it, I was like, Bill Murray? I was like, well, Bill Murray's in a lot of West Anderson stuff, so that didn't really jump off my head, and then they were like, yeah, this French little town thing, and I was like, oh, that's this movie, mm-hmm. and I had no expectations, no concept, no idea. I hadn't watched the trailer or anything like that. And let me say, at the very beginning, I was, like, very against this movie. Like, huh. up until they take Owen Wilson off of the screen. And then I was like, oh, this movie got so fucking good. <laughs> he <laughs> just couldn't handle Owen Wilson. He was just a little too much in this movie, I'll say. Like, it that was, was just for me. It's a little, little much. I feel like, so it's interesting for this. I felt like it was the, the least Owen Wilson I've seen in an Owen Wilson performance, if that tracks. Um, because yeah. he was like hardly there. I mean, and that's that could be said for for many of the um like the reporters that are in. And like I also went into this like with literally no, like I knew that like Tim Blam Shamalam was in this and yeah. like Flam Flam along. Yeah, and I, I knew a couple other other things, but like I I have not seen anything about it. Um, but uh yeah, like I I I I didn't really feel kind of like that Wilson stank on this particular uh not that I really have a problem with Owen Wilson, but like it, it just if it, it felt like it's, more disconnected. There's a level like Owen Wilson, there's a, he can't be a super like supporter because that's not enough Owen Wilson and he can't be the main character because it's too much Owen Wilson. Yeah. There needs to be like uh meet the parents 
uh, Royal Tenenbaums, like level of Owen Wilson within a movie. You know, yeah. like that's why Starsky and Hutch doesn't work. That's too much Owen Wilson. But I'll tell you, I don't know what this movie ends up being is totally different than what they kind of lay out at the beginning. Because I was genuinely thought we were, I was about to watch an hour and a half, hour 45 of like Owen Wilson bullshitting around the bike doing nonsensical shit no it's oh, like okay, no yeah. i was like i'm not i'm not i was like kill him i'm gonna watch this whole movie <laughs> but i'm not gonna be having it and luckily yeah. that that part ends and i was like oh my god okay we're in a, a totally better movie immediately yeah, but I yeah so i figure you know this is gonna be mainly more your uh jumping off point but i, I wrote down like once i realized what was happening there's like six parts to the film i figure we should talk about each part how we liked it because yeah I, we're gonna be all over the place because <laughs> they're like we don't kind of run together until there's, the very, very end. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but first, let's talk about the West Anderson in general. Like, um, for me, obviously, Fantastic Mr. Fox was my first uh, foray into Wes Anderson. That's just solely because I like George Clooney. And at that time, I'd watch any movie George Clooney was in. Because Fantastic Mr. Fox came out a year or two after Ocean's Eleven, I believe. Yeah, and so that, was that, right that, that, like, that sounds about right. That, like, Clooney is on. So you had, like, the American and... All this stuff and him and Meryl Streep in a movie that was like stop motion animated. I was like, hell yeah, I like Wallace and Gromit. Like, oh, yeah. Let me watch this movie. And I, at the time, I didn't know any of the like Andersonisms. Uh, but I think because I, when I brought this movie to you and you brought uh, Z, Steve Zizu with you, I believe you had told me at the time you'd already seen Tenenbaums. Uh, yeah. So what was your like, or maybe even, I don't know if you saw Rushmore, what, what was your like experience with Wes Anderson? So because you the- the first um the first Wes Anderson film that I saw was Rushmore. Um that was uh I don't remember if my aunt worked on Rushmore or not, but um yeah, that that was uh, that was the first one that I saw and I still think that it's one of one of his best. Um uh, and then I like I saw Royal Tenenbaums and I like I just kind of followed the logical progression progression from there as things started coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was always a big fan. I mean, I was kind of like a artsy fartsy weird kid in in high school, um, and so you know that appealed to me. Uh, kind of the the chaos of the um of royal tenenbaums like very very much like spoke to me in my my like experiences with my family um yeah and i mean like i i appreciate uh wes anderson and and all of the american empirical films like have like a very like theatrical like i mean it's it's straight up it's it's a stage production that you're watching through a screen um and down i mean he uses like he has his his cast of 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 like regulars that he uses all these things um and yeah there's just something about it that i find very i don't know kind of like soothing in a way and i mean great music uh i think mark mothersbaugh does most of the music uh that, that he uses and things um from uh from devo um okay. I, and i mean all of the things that mark mothersbaugh has done over the years uh let me ask you another thing too because i don't know if you know this or not but you know like the wilsons are from playing our dallas playing yeah. jason uh is wes anderson from here as well or is he... he's he's from texas i believe um okay. that i i don't i know that the wilsons went to school at saint mark's um and did the the catholic school in dallas um i th- believe that they met wes anderson in at ut i want to say okay. I, that could be completely apocryphal or just bullshit um but yeah and i know that like owen wilson actually the first few uh american empirical films was a writer on them 
Like, he, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the, that was, I mean, he acted in them as well, obviously, but that was like, he, he, was, a, he was a writer. Um, okay. So, yeah. uh, so then, yeah, I, I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's more than me because I, I just really kind of stumbled into him mm-hmm. and then worked backwards. Like I said, this Faith Estimation Fox was like the fifth or sixth movie at that point. So, yeah. People had already known who he was if you were white. Uh, I mean, that's, but, a fair, that's a fair assumption. But, you know, I want to say, I want to give, uh, I almost called him Paul Thomas for some reason. I want to give Wes all the credit in the world. You almost called uh, Wes Anderson Paul Thomas? Yeah, because there's Paul Thomas Anderson. Wes oh, Anderson, okay. Like, okay. You know. okay. So right. I was like, in my head, I was like, Anderson director. And I was like, okay. that's the wrong one. Yeah. The other one. yeah. Uh, and so... There's also Paul W.S. Anderson, but let's not get into that. Uh, So for me, I want to give him the utmost credit. He heard our cries, and he no longer just puts one minority in his movies. He only puts one minority from each race in his movies, but he's got it. There's more than one now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's he's diversifying his stocks. Danny Glover's out. Gotta get rid of Danny Glover. We're gonna bring in Jeffrey Wright in this one. Yeah. You know, but Tony Revolori is like his new, you know, adopted stepchild. So he has yeah. to like and he had Benicio in this. And yeah. and and I want to point out Tony Revolori fucking killing it in like every single part in this film, but he was never like a major player in any of them. Yeah. Tony Revolori is from Grand Budapest Hotel, or uh, he's Flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man's in case you were not yeah, yeah, yeah. familiar with him. Tony Revolori is, is great. He's so. he's awesome. Yeah, I, I like he's fucking hilarious. So it opens though, like kill himself it opens with just like you know typical Wes Anderson exposition hey look at this look at that this is cool hey Owen Wilson's riding a bike I loathe this opening because I'm like Owen what are you doing like this is not <laughs> I don't sure? get any this know. is the what, talking about just the first like the what, yeah the first like oh, okay, uh, yeah, 10 yeah. minutes I guess yeah I was like oh this part is this is just not enjoyable not for me one I don't believe you are riding that bicycle two I don't well, believe that, no I know no 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 I'm not even saying like yeah in this i'm like even in general like i like i look at your face and i'm like you are not a cycling journalist it's yeah. not a thing almost like nice yeah. try but i didn't what i didn't buy was just like he he wasn't owen wilson like you said it's just like it was like a, a different character he was playing there were no yeah or there's not there was no wow. owen wilson wow like oh wow. You know, this was a Luke Wilson role that owen wilson was playing is what it felt like and that was this oh, really throwing shit. me off man so that is that that's fair i i do actually have to give him some credit though like uh my my sister judy and i at the super bowl we were talking about this i don't know why owen wilson got brought up and she was talking about like yeah man like he's kind of like had like the same shtick for like his whole career it's like he plays this guy and i was like yeah that is pretty true and like then i watch this and like it's very it's very much him like try i I could be, you know, uh, uh, projecting here, but it felt like he was kind of trying to like step outside of, and I think that for a good amount of the, his work with, with Wes Anderson is kind of falls into that. It's typically not his normal, uh, his normal Owen Wilson thing. Um, But so there's, while it, it didn't necessarily, it didn't do that much for me. It did not, I feel like negatively impact my enjoyment of the film, Um, but I can appreciate like that attempt to kind of like move outside of that that normal box but yeah no i i, I fully get where you're coming from but that yeah that's his the in the movie that's his shtick he's just a cycling reporter he's yeah. rides his bike around town and reports on things he's, and he's like kind of nasty like he, and, like, oh, he and, likes the nasty stuff yeah like like 
like the gross stuff, like to the point where Bill Murray, who is the owner of this paper, yeah. who's in every uh, interaction, like he's the one editing all this stuff. But he, uh, Bill Murray, tells him like N- nothing about like you know flowers or yep. yeah. tourist hookers, gigolos, yeah. night walkers, dead bodies, anything like a like a flower shop. I hate flowers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, all right. Well, you know, we're yeah. on it. Okay, and because uh, basically what I envision is just like because they're telling you like the newspaper and this is like the story and this is how many pages in the paper it's taking yeah. and yada yada but after this you know we're going to cut to i don't know i honestly can't tell you what is the best part i'm not it's between the it's the next two chapters for sure are the best parts but i think i might like this one the best and that's concrete masterpiece that's got benisa del toro leah Sadu, yeah um adrian brody and oh who's the fourth one that's in this one with them. I, I I'm blanking, but uh oh, I guess oh, Henry, oh, uh, Henry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, I want to start out. We're gonna get this out of the way now. Early. Hmm. This movie is like way hornier than like I. I don't like what. Where did this come from? I don't from? know that it's what necessarily horny, dude. It, so it, it <laughs> at, by the end of the film, I had was like, okay, it's it's not coming off like in a uh sexual na- nature necessarily it was artistic but like, like there's but, artistic depictions of nudity but i wouldn't i would argue against that because while you're depicting nudity while somebody is doing art i'm like what, do we need that do we need the dude leah say do is a bond girl she doesn't do full frontal why is she butt ass naked this came out the same year that she was in her second bond movie what are you doing, girl? I know that you're European, hey, so you don't look, look at things the same way. That is, like- no, that is true. That is true. And that actually threw me off so fucking much when I was in Europe is that people like you go to the beach and it's like, OK, now put your swimsuit on. And it's like I'm like, sorry, did, is there like a small tent or a trash can that I can leap inside of? Like, no. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, why are you being weird about this? Um, yeah, just put your swimsuit on. You're yeah. Like, um, oh. No, yeah. I don't know. Like it, to me, it just it felt like you know like it i mean this is it's styling itself is like kind of like a very like art like it's it's like an art film kind of i mean you know it's like very much in line with this movie had a hundred percent more nudity than i thought this movie was gonna have like yeah it was a a lot even to skip ahead just a little bit even in like the the Shyamalan one dude like random random nudity what what are we doing yeah there's there was a yeah there's there's a lot of that and it's like i'm just like I was like, look, okay, you know, I'm like, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just like, I've, I've, I've been very confused by it. Yeah, very confused. And on top of that, I just now I fall into the camp because, you know, I'm trying to be uh, inclusive and understanding. Like, where are the dicks, Wes? You had all this female nudity. I, I didn't see a single dick in this movie, bro. That is it's fair. Equal rights, okay? That's that all I'm fair. asking for, you know? But anyway, back to this. The premise of it is wonderful. Benicio del Toro is this. Uh, artistic genius who is mentally unstable and has committed double homicide and you know try to stab himself much other stuff but he has a muse in his prison guard Leah Sadu and he paints her and then Adrian Brody is a art critic or yeah, art he, broker he's he's, he's like a um, he owns a, a gallery and like he he's like yeah like it like an he's art, like art that uh, that chubby uh child rapist from Candyman who got killed in the gallery a dude that was like banging his underage uh intern Some, yeah, like somewhat like but that just yeah not but the he, creepy part of that but yeah. the, the job part of that yes and so he sees this in prison and it's like oh it's my news and 
I was all into this. I'm so glad this is what they followed up Owen yeah. Wilson's nonsense with because this got me in immediately. The second I was like, is that the case of Totoro? Holy fucking shit, yeah. bro. Like, yeah, man. You know, uh, but everybody in this scene, in these parts are perfectly cast in this segment mm-hmm. because yeah. Leah do being able to speak, you know, fluent French and English really helps. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, Adrian Brody and Denise Totoro are just phenomenal actors who can do anything with any material given to them and i love their interplays and their actions and then randomly the fawns shows up you're like dude what the fuck this is awesome like the whole time i'm just like dude Henry Weaver, i'm so glad you're still doing well man like just, yeah you know yeah, you're it's a always, treasure. Like, always good to see him you know <laughs> out there working and doing the thing um yeah no this is uh i feel like this was one of the strong one of the, like the two strongest i mean i don't know it's hard to say because they really are like i i have the sense of like i'll go back through and i'll be like oh this was the strongest well i mean there was also this one well there was also like the first one i the the owen wilson one didn't do it for me as much because i really think there's there's wasn't really a story there mm-hmm. as much like yes it was but I think that that's in in some ways that felt intentional because it's really he's just like he's just kind of establishing like setting. He's not really trying to like do any he because you don't really yeah. get the sense of like without that you would really have no sense of what this place is. Oh, like, I also remember the other person that I forgot from this. It's Tilda Swinton's also in this one. Yeah, this is also Tilda Swinton, and it's like dude, fucking Tilda Swinton. Okay, Tilda Swinton's dude, great. In this. Tilda Swinton random nude shot for no reason like oh whoops that's not the right thing that's me anyway back, like, what are we doing here like what? hey you know whatever it's a wes anderson joint you go all in for a wes anderson joint but yeah i loved it i thought it was wonderful i think you nailed it on the head owen wilson is more just laying out the town that yeah. all the rest of these stories that have actual story take place in yeah so it and, feels like you you kind of get like you get a framework so it's not just like random stuff you're like okay this is here oh i know where that thing is i have a sense you have a sense mm-hmm. of place that's established and you also know like you'll be like is oh like that's why they're all up there at the top of the thing oh that's why there's cats right there oh hey like they're running through here oh okay that's why that's yeah. there that, you know but i, I there's not really much story it's more just like in the acting and the, the way the shots are framed and how beautiful it is Oh, One yeah. thing that happens nonstop throughout all the segments and everything, but I just love the fact that Wes flips back and forth between uh, color and mono. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's yeah. black and white, and then it's colored over and over again. So it really like the color jumps out at you, and then like you still see the beauty and the acting and other. Th- it's just it's going back and forth. I really thought it was well done. Also, the aspect ratio I found be be a very interesting choice. Like that that kind of like not quite four by three, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. That's I don't know. There, there was something about that 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 kind of like I mean, it, it always it, it cements this. It feels like a period piece for a period that did not exist, or like what most of his films are for me. Like it, it's like in kind of like a a mythological nineteen seventies. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's there's. I am always kind of, and I, I saw this a lot with you. Like, for example, the scene where you have, um, where you have uh, uh, young Moses, and like, like switching to, to yeah, that was that was well done. Like that, like all of just like the very like specifically timed gestures and everything like this, and that's present throughout this whole film. It's like everything is like blocked like very intentionally um and i mean not that i mean everything is always blocked very intentionally in films but it it, it felt like very like there was like a weight to every yeah. movement um, and there was like yeah there were pauses or 
everything's time to blow. And that's, yeah, that, that was a truly wonderful thing when they do like the bi- like the background story on Benicio's character and yeah. you see him young as Tony Revolori and then he like when he ages up and they're like, all right, we're going to switch. Gonna, most films just do like a fade in and out of age or mm-hmm. they'll like, you know, cut away and come back and they'll be old. And so they were like, no, just watch the new actor Benicio's going to walk in. Tony's going to stand up. Benicio's going to like, they're cool. I'm going to sit down and they're going to walk out. Like it's like, it's like yeah, it's like being like on stage. It, it works great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, that's and those are some of the reasons why it is, in my opinion, the best. Also, just like this was some of the funniest, like writing in any of the scenes because, like, <laughs> yeah, this is a wonderful fresco. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's beautiful. Wait, I'm sorry. Why would you fresco? say fresco? Oh God! This is on the walls. <laughs> this is on the walls. Like you know, all this stuff. Like yeah, it, that whole. Wes Anderson has a, a really good knack at absurdist humor that still works for me. That doesn't like take you out of the movie entirely. It it really works well. And I think uh, that p- part of it too is because he works with the same actors so much. He has such an understanding of those those people and what they can do that like it, it's everything is like hyper curated towards like that that particular individual's set of like. Uh, proficiencies with the art um so it, it, I, I think that you really you really see that a lot like these are i don't know the process but it feels like he writes these for kit like he's like this yeah. is this person like and, and because he uses the same people all the time i don't think that that's too much of a stretch again can be totally yeah. fucking wrong but it I feels think, like i think what yeah what he does is he has like the people he works with previously he'll write the exact role for them mm-hmm. then he'll always write other roles for new people to come in and if he right. really vibes with them then he'll usually keep them on you know what yeah. i mean like yeah, they yeah. will become an actual part of the rotating cast now yeah like edward so Norton, for example exactly so yeah. that this one ends well and you're like okay that's uh oh and the whole premise of this is that tilda swinton is the writer of the piece she's narrating and she's writing up this uh paper for or this article for bill murray so that's how we get tied back in. Basically, you know, uh, Owen Wilson, Tilda Swinton, and now in this newest one, the, the one that I think is the only one that can possibly rival the concrete masterpiece, and that's poetry and politics, and that's uh, Shyamalan. And Francis fucking McDormand, guys. Oh, my God. Dude. Damn. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dude, she's so good. Like, yeah, incredible. day good. one in Fargo, the fact that still killing it, still married to one of the two Coens, I don't know which one, uh, amazing. And her premise is that she's the poetry slash politics person in the at the paper. So she's writing about Timothy Chalamet, who's leading the student charge against the ban on boys from the girls' dormitory. Basically, the guys want to be able to freely come and go, literally. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like it's set up that it's it's your typical. Um, you know, there's the the group of the kind of revolutionary young people and they just want things to, I mean, it, it's, you kind of get the sense, I mean, again, this is like a, a kind of like alternate reality type situation where there is like somewhat of like a military regime type thing that's going on and like that they're rebelling against it and all these things. But at the same time, like they're like kind of dumb kids. Um, so there is that there's a, a nice kind of like uh, evening out of scales between those two uh, extremes often. Um, now, can we yeah. get this this big, big, big issue out the way? Shamalan smoking blunts this whole movie, right? Like we can establish for this part. That's clearly that he's smoking blunts. Like he's not. So I, were this in America, I would agree. I don't 
have a, a good understanding of smoking in uh, in France around whatever time this is supposed to be. It's not, I don't think that it's impossible to think that perhaps they smoked like dark cigarettes like during that I'm time. Saying, but yeah, I've yeah. never in the history of time seen a cigarette not be what a cigarette looks like okay i've seen every black and mild or blunt and maybe every he just, likes, so, time maybe he just likes black and milds on top of that <laughs> let's listen kill him i will as a black man i'm an expert on the burning of yeah. ash it was too th- it was products. too thin yeah it was too thin that to was not a black and mild if that was a black <laughs> and mild it would look like a thick ass cigar i look like a blunt rosa i'm telling you right now Tim <laughs> yeah, Michelle May, yeah high as shit and yeah. then I want the other star because there's two obviously Chamolet and Francis McDormand are the main stars. Yeah. This newcomer, I don't I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before. This yeah, French Lena uh, is that her that's how you pronounce it? Yeah. I don't know if it's how I how you pronounce it. I but am dude, reading it and I have not heard it. She was blowing me away. I was like, she speak English because she needs a movie star. Like this this girl she is like, a star. I had the experience of uh, like, I don't think that I've seen her in anything before, but I was certain that I had seen her in something yes. before. You're like, like, oh it's, my God. Like, you've definitely done things. Like, you have 100% done a ton of things. It's um, like, immediately yeah. I was like, she is, and I say she, I don't know if she, she might be non-binary. I'm just, this person, yeah. But this yeah. person is immediately a presence. Like, the second that they walk on the screen, it's an immediate presence. You're immediately taken. You're yeah. Like, wow. Who is this person? Who is this yeah. character? What's going on? Uh, like they get the they get a very modest opening when Frances McDormand like makes her entrance and then she looks over and it's like hey get your fucking boots off of that flag or whatever tapestry yeah. that she was sitting on and then but from that moment forward just like, man this person like god you're a star like, you are going to be in so yeah. many movies and the problem for me is if she doesn't speak English, all those movies are going to be French and they will not come over to America. So I will not so see her. So all of the film, I just kind of did a, a brief look. Pretty Most of the things that I saw were French. Um, I'm, I'm certain that she probably speaks English because it, it's kind of hard to like be, I mean, this is an American film. Um, yeah. So I'm, 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 cer- <laughs> I'm certain that she speaks some level of English, but she is. It looks like she has mostly been in French pieces. Um, but no, she's fantastic. Yeah. What sucks though is like, as an American, that, I just miss out on so much stop, stuff. Full stop. Yeah, that, I just miss out on so much being stuff American. because, like, her career could have a beginning, middle, end, be wonderful and fruitful her entire life, and never make a movie in English. Like, just doesn't required you know what i mean yeah. so it's like ah uh, i don't i want this person to be the biggest star possible yeah and you know i don't want them to throw her in the leah Sadu, naomi repas like category of like oh you, ha- you kind of have an accent so i don't care how good you are at acting yeah Fuck if off. we if like, we need a, a person who is actually french like that that's part of their character yeah. is that they're french will cast you i mean exactly. that's that's the unfortunate reality <laughs> of those things in, with, with regards to uh, but, american cinema though Tony Revolori's in this one as yeah. one of Chamolet's good buddies in the Revolution, the Resistance. I like this one though. I thought it was done well. Again, color, the comedy, the writing. All I also like how each. Wait, Tony uh, Revolori is in this one. I didn't notice. Yeah, he's this. he's the blonde friend of Shyamalan, who's in like it's like him and his two friends the Wait, whole time, and is, one of them he's, is like he's this guy on, no, over my shoulder. No, no. <laughs> Wait, yes, yes, he's, he's that guy no, over your shoulder. That is not that Tony is Tony. Revolori. That, that is not Tony Revolution. I'm looking Tony at Revol- 
I'm looking at him. That is 100% Tony Revolori. Why don't you go on the IMDb, I, click on I, Tony Revolori's name, and see how many characters he played? Because I promise you that's him. <laughs> Especially in black and white. You're like, that's clearly Tony Revolori with a wig. It and cannot makeup. be. It cannot <laughs> be. Yes, it is. It's Okay. All right. F- f- well, 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 when he breaks his arm, too, and he's sitting down like that, that's literally Tony Revolori. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I love this one, but I, what I like too is each section does kind of depict the character, the narrator of the, the piece. So when you have Tilda Swinton, who's wild and eccentric, you have her story is wild and eccentric. It's ridiculous. It's our piece. Francis McDormand is more deadpan and serious and in her humor. And that's what you get with Chalamet and uh, uh, the French actor. I can't, I'm sorry, I, I can't recall her name. But I really enjoyed what they did. I thought that it was smart. It was sharp. It was witty. When Bill Murray comes in and talks to Francis McDormand about it, she's still working on something else. So he just sits down and starts reading it while she's typing. You know, it, it has a tragic ending that's you, that you would feel bad about or would be sad in, except for the fact that it's a Wes Anderson movie and people always die and there's never yeah. sadness. It's, so, it's not quite framed as, as that same. Uh, yeah. Yes. Now, what I would like to say is this next part is the one I'm maybe the most undecided on, and that's Taste and Smells, which is Jeffrey Wright's part with uh, where he looks just like Jackie Wilson. I don't know why his haircut is Jackie Wilson's haircut. He should be a Jackie Wilson biopic the way Jeffrey Wright was. Tony Revolori is only young Rosenthaler in in. Okay. Well, then that dude is. You know Anthony Revolori because that dude looks exactly fucking looks like him. Nothing. I'm literally Are holding you... up a. Pi- I'm holding up the picture. And I'm like Hello. looking at. I'm these... literally looking at. I'm literally looking at them. They have the same facial shape, nose structure, and chin. Like that is Tony Revolori, despite what you I, might say. Well, okay. Look, what, you know what we're gonna do after <laughs> off air? We'll we'll okay, go we'll, deeper we'll into this because we'll I I out. believe that that is him. Anyway, okay. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> taste and smells. So you get. Hey, what's up, dude? It's a black dude. Hey. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. The yeah. one. So, Liev Schreiber. Okay, also, can we take a moment? Because I forgot to mention. There, yeah, Ray there, are way too, <laughs> there are way too many fucking massive, way too big for the role they're playing people in this movie. Elizabeth Moss has four lines in this fucking I th- movie. I think that there is a good chunk, and this is not across the board. There is a good chunk of, like, A-list actors that, like, are just waiting for Wes Anderson to be like, would you like to do something? I'm like, fucking finally, yes. <laughs> like, I'll do anything. It's, I'll be a trash can in the corner. It's <laughs> Elizabeth Moss. Um, all this dude who's, um, I can't remember what he's in, in terms of movies, but he's like a knockoff Michael Douglas. You know, the guy, like when they were in the office at the end, when Owen Wilson's like, oh, I want a piece of pie. And I was like, oh, me too. That dude, I don't know what he's in. I've seen his face in like 70 movies. He's always like a sleazy, slimy kind of guy. Uh, but you got Elizabeth Moss. You have freaking Ray Donovan. Liam yeah. Schreiber shows up randomly. Yeah. Jason Will Schwartzman Defoe. only says like two things. I didn't Jason even notice Schwartzman Jason Schwartzman says, I'm working on the art. That is that is the extent of his, <laughs> yeah. his dialogue. I'm working on the art. <laughs> but, I mean, he, but he's been in fucking everything that Wes Anderson has done for years. But, um, and that's why that one wasn't as shocking. I was like, he just showed yeah. up. I was like, hey, man, I'll be here. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, Liam Schreiber. Like, this is, yeah. like you said, this is Ray fucking Donovan. And this motherfucker <laughs> is like just hanging out, being like the host of Ed Sullivan show or something. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's great. Yeah, like his, like Sir Sharonan in this in this yeah. exact one, like says like two things. 
it's um, random. Yeah. Like it's so random. Sir Ronan plays uh, Lady of the Night, yeah. and Edward Norton and a bunch of other people are. There's a gaggle of them. They are all kidnappers yeah. to the commissioner's son. While Jeffrey Wright is interviewing the commissioner, so he gets to go along yeah. for the ride. And Willem Dafoe just like random Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's like, just like there. Like, he's like, "Are you here to kill me?" And like eats eats an omelet with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. So weird. Uh, <laughs> but this one was funny. This one was fun because Jeffrey Wright's yeah. telling this one. It's more of a precise, exact, detailed. Like telling, yes. still in yes. West Anderson style. Yeah. Uh, this one though, I, I'm undecided on it solely because, like, I can't figure out if, like, what is the purpose of this story. The per- I got the purpose for the other ones. This one, it's like, I'm I'm with Bill Murray. It's kind of like, I, I sent you to write about this Lieutenant Cook dude and talk about the food that you ate, and you gave me a whole story about like kidnapping and action gunfire yeah i mean i think i i mean that's what it's about like like regardless of like any of the other things because ostensibly it's about steve park's character uh uh, lieutenant escove um which can we take a moment just that is that is data right like that's the same actor like from everything everywhere all at once is that not the same guy that's, that's I, have, I haven't seen everything everywhere all along. I know you haven't, but is he not the same cook? The cook guy. Is that, is, what's he been in? What's Stephen Park been in besides? Um, I, I, I confess I, I do I, not know off the top of my head. Because I was looking at him like, dude, this guy's he was in been Fargo. In he was in. Oh, he's he, no, he's Mike. Uh, what's his name? Yep, yeah, like the guy that goes to meet uh, Francis McDormand at the bar. Oh, okay, yeah. He looked. He but he looked. I was for a second. I was like. Oh my God! Is that because Data is in uh, everything, everywhere? All I thought. Once. I thought you were. Oh, Brent Spiner. I mean, that's the actor that plays Data in Goonies. I don't know. Oh, you know, I was. I was thinking mouth. that you were talking about Data from no, from Star no, Trek: The Next Generation. I was like, Are you confusing Steve Park for no. old ass Brent Spiner? I, <laughs> I personally am a Voyager person, if anything, in Star Trek. But no, I. Uh, I, when I say data, I mean Goonies, or I should have said yeah. short round, but I think I don't think it is now that I'm like thinking in my head because they look different a little bit. But I was, but in, in my head, yeah, I was just, like, dude, that guy looks so just, familiar. It's just a little bit of racism. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a little smattering whoa, of racism. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stereotyping. Okay, okay let's, fair, let's, fair. Can I'm, we, I'm, let's, my, let's my, not my mistake. My mistake. You know, I don't want anybody. Somebody go, hey, you're a stereotyper. Damn it. They got me. They really, they got <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, anyway. But, but yeah, I, I, um, uh, for and me, also Edward Norton, not really a big role for Edward Norton. No. And considering how Wes Anderson's the only fucking person casting him in anything because Edward Norton's a huge asshole, yeah. I think that maybe his role should have been a little bigger. <laughs> I mean, or, or that, or he was like, look, Eddie. I can't, I can't fucking have you be on screen for more than like a minute and a half or else people are going to get real fucking mad at me. So like, I got to like, this is what I can do. And like, I mean, if you want to do it, great. If not, I'll uh, have, you know, I'll have uh, Joe Manganiello do it or something. Yeah, like that. right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was great. I do love the line <laughs> of uh, Jeffrey Wright's line of, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I've never, uh, I've never been able to, I've never had a good sense for direction or maps. The curse of the homosexual. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? <laughs> that's, that's back a second. I was like, yeah, what? yeah. I did. I, I had to be oh. like, 
back also, 10 seconds. <laughs> just to just to blow your mind again, because I don't know that this character Tony Revolori is playing right here has a behind you kill him has a name as a character. But uh Tony Revolori also plays Jeffrey Wright's lover that's eating food in the background when Bill Murray comes to visit them in his apartment at the end of this story. Uh, those are the three stories. That's the three parts Tony oh, Revolori shows up in. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I I don't remember that part. And I would also like to point out well. that uh Besides the homosexual part, which has nothing to do with anything, I'm just like that came out. Just hilarious. I just love when yeah. people say homosexual. Yeah, <laughs> like that I, well, and, and to me, it's like, look, I'm not trying <laughs> to offend anybody right now, but are maps and charts not like the number one thing the Navy is good at? I've never, and I've never. We know to, what sailors yeah. do. Yeah. Okay, so let's just. Yeah, I I was about to say I've never gotten lost with a queer person, but I've actually gotten lost with many, 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 many queer people, and it could be said that we are not good with maps. But regardless, we have robots that do it for us now. But I like this one still. Yeah, the thing that I don't know what what I quite feel like is missing. Maybe I feel like if we could have cut back and forth a few more times with Leah Schreiber it would have felt more I would have felt more from it because it just felt like we're running and we're going on the story and I'm with you and you got the bad guy from Quantum Solace and we're doing the thing and then it's like Leo Schreiber was like hey man can we uh, take a break and oh yeah let me me bookmark mentally okay yeah that's what we're gonna help you with I'm like if we could have gone back and forth maybe some more yeah because to me it was just like Leo Schreiber we got like four lines out of it come on it it felt like so this part felt very much like the um like in Grand Budapest, where they're like going through and like Willem Dafoe is chasing them and like that kind of like mm-hmm. same energy. Um, and maybe that's just because like, you know, this, you kind of need, there are like certain beats that they're all still trying to fulfill within this uh, this narrative. Um, I didn't feel as much emotional con- connection with this. I mean, I did a little bit like when you, when we got more about uh, Jeffrey Wright's character and I will say like Jeffrey Wright's narration through this like very did a lot for me um, I mean he, he's he's great to listen to um, you know what I think I pinned on is mm-hmm. the times when it was not and Leah Schreiber wasn't cutting in or we weren't getting I think his name's Dominic Cooper but I can't remember the actual actor's name who plays the bad guy in Quantum Solace maybe that's his character's name in Quantum Solace I don't know but I it felt too Westworldly to me and only the sense that, like, I don't need to listen to Jeffrey Wright exposit for five minutes straight over <laughs> what I'm looking at on the team. I was like, that maybe that's why I couldn't quite. I was like, this just feels. I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm watching Westworld. Like, yeah, you just couldn't couldn't pull yourself could, from that. Yeah, I, and it also didn't help that as a black man, Jeffrey Wright's hair was bothering me. He looked exactly like Jackie Wilson, and I know most of you <laughs> people listening are thinking to yourself, "Who the fuck is Jackie Wilson?" <laughs> and I'm going to tell you. That, your love is lifting me higher. I feel like people know who Jackie than Wilson I is. Ever. Yeah, well, I would hope so, yeah. you know, but you never know. It's yeah. kill him. It's Jackie yeah. Wilson. Me and you are 30 fucking years old. Yeah. We know fair. who Jackie Wilson is. I don't know that 20 year olds know who Jackie Wilson is, you know? I mean, that's fair. Um, but what I like the most is actually Bill Murray and Jeff Wright's interactions once it's over when they're at the place and he's like, yeah, man, I, gotta, I just want to cut yeah. this. And he's like, cut this. Dude, Bill Murray is fucking great. Bill Murray yeah. has like maybe 10 lines this movie, but he's just yeah. like, him like, but this is the best part. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't agree with you less. And you're like, like don't cut it. Don't <laughs> cut it. <laughs> yeah. And it is. I mean, it's definitely the best. Like that, I think that that's part of, I think that 
these scenes, it's interesting that you're getting kind of, you're getting to two bits of information with each one of these scenes. You are getting what they bring to this, uh, the French dispatch, like what they're bringing to this paper. And then you're also getting why Bill Murray is, by Bill Murray's character is a necessary, like, element of them being at all effectual that's kind of like what what like because there's there's always these little like touch and go things like why why this is like a cohesive machine that only works together and i think that that kind of goes with like his like his character's like uh will was like immediately after i die the whole thing is disbanded it's done there's no more of it boom and it's kind of like this idea that like none of it could work without every part like not yeah. like like it, it is a solid state machine made up of many different parts as paradoxical yes. as that is i will like to say though first maduro if you kept it running let's just all be honest oh yeah with probably. francis in and it would have been yeah. fine because yeah. what happens elizabeth moss starts crying francis was like hey no crying no crying <laughs> just very yeah. very yeah. straightforward but after this so yeah that's, that's the uh taste of spells then you have declines and deaths Mm-hmm. which is uh, just the end. It's just the obituary part with Bill Murray where he's dead on a table and you get to be like, oh shit, there's Jason Schwartzman. Holy fuck, is, there's Elizabeth Moss. Holy shit, is that that one? Well, Elizabeth Moss had been there the whole, had been like yes, front and center the whole she time. Had. But... And I, this, this is how mad I am with this movie, okay? So, you know, like, you know what I like to do is when I watch the films, I like to at least write down like the main characters as it starts. So that way I yeah. can write down like adjectives that go along as I'm watching the film with these people. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Bill Murray. Elizabeth Moss. Hold up, bro. Where the fuck are Bill Murray and Elizabeth Moss at? Like every time it's a bang. I'm like, here's what I can put some more Bill Murray stuff in. Okay, okay. I was like, is Elizabeth Moss in this movie anymore? Nah. Or in no, nah. no. Nah. Nah. I was like, okay, that's a that's a choice. You know, yeah, I but mean... it's not like she, you know, led two of the biggest shows of all time in Handmaid's Tale and Mad Men, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And before any one of you motherfuckers come at me and say like, oh my God, John Hamm led Mad Men. Guess what, motherfucker? There are more than one lead in the TV show, okay? <laughs> like, who, who was the number one behind Don Draper? And if you fucking tell me January Jones, you can come to my house and get punched, okay? <laughs> Jesus, all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's something about, like, again that thing of like it it seems very clear that from the nature of the roles that they're given that people will do most things to be in like the people that want to be in a wes anderson film will take any role like it's like i want you to take this milk and then i want you to drop it and go shit and then that will be your role all right tom cruise except yeah we'd never let tom cruise in one of these fucking joints but uh wes anderson tom cruise would show up this is this is gonna be really and he'd be like harsh. I'm Tom Cruise I'm literally insane. Oh, oh that's my point. I'm in a cult. I, <laughs> this is gonna be very very harsh to say, but I don't think I think Wes Anderson is too smart to allow anybody that he has in his realm or like purview come anywhere up against Scientology. They're already weird and eclectic people. Scientology might like actually win them over. He's not gonna have that happen. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna be like, yeah, let's get like Sir Sharon and some of you other cool cats. They're young and Elizabeth like, Moss is around. a Scientologist. Just so she is. She is, and she may or may not be dating Tom Cruise because you know it takes years for the church to approve those kinds of weird yeah, things. I was listening to but, like, I, I don't like it. I listened to this whole but, podcast about that the other day. Did you really? Like, yeah, yeah. Was, it was, it was a, a quick plug for uh, uh, 
uh, red-handed on uh, on on I believe Parcast, but great great true crime podcast yes. did a two episode about Scientology. Very good. But do you want to know what I have never seen Elizabeth Moss do one time in her life? Hmm. Jump on Oprah's couch and scream about love and some bullshit. Right, right. You know, like right. you know what I never saw Elizabeth Moss do create her own Scientology tent at every set that she's ever been on so that nobody can disturb her and she can be in peace and like get connected with herself spiritually. There's only room for one Tom, like when Tom Cruise dies or, you know, transcends to like the Xenu plane or whatever, like who knows? Maybe she'll be like, it's finally my time. Where am I? No, because, because if John Travolta is still alive, he has it. I don't know that John, John Travolta feels like he's like on the fence. Like he he goes back and forth and like there are times like right now I think he's a little bit more into it but like there's there's um because it, isn't it like Kirstie Al- Kirstie Alley is also like 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 yeah. major huge uh, I Scientology and I'm gonna refrain from the joke I was gonna say because while it's very funny I don't want us to get canceled for my joke you know people people try to cancel Dave Chappelle me and you are nowhere near that successful so I don't. want <laughs> risk well, anything. I mean, yeah, that's, that's okay. But I, what I would like to say is Scientology, if you want to support this podcast, $18 million, and me and Kellen will gladly tell people all about your religion. Uh, for the low, low price of $18.5 million, we also will not do it in a sarcastic voice. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys hit us up. We know you have the money. We're waiting. Yeah, it's, all, to- it's all good. Yeah, we're, we're going to get... <laughs> We're gonna get fair gamed by the Scientologists, and it's gonna be over. Yeah, with our with our with our massive with our millions of podcast listeners. Listen, all I know is they didn't go after Trey Parker and Matt Stone for like Mormons didn't go after them. So I don't think Scientologists should come after us. But ladies and gentlemen, if Kellum or I end up dead under suspicious circumstances, just know neither one of us are gonna ever commit suicide. It was definitely the Scientologists. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we got put in the hole. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this movie is amazing. I liked it. Uh, it wraps up very nicely. Like, you know, you get ever. I, I wonder how, like, how much timing it took to film. Cause they have like, so it's McDormand, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Owen Wilson, Elizabeth Moss, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, there's like probably six or eight other people in the room as well. Like, to like, set that up in the Wes Anderson style that he likes where it's all like even Steven and like yeah. cool must have been the, the biggest headache in the whole movie because I mean, but you know what I also thought about this too where there is no action no shooty shoot shoot with guns nudity so you got uh there's nothing in Owen Wilson's reporter thing but they put so much nudity in concrete and masterpiece that you get made up for then there's nudity in poetry and politics uh and then, yeah, just like lots of guns and bullets and crazy action and taste and smells. I feel like this is a secret, like blockbuster type ish movie with a lot of those trappings still stuck in like an art house Wes Anderson film. I I get the sense that like Wes Anderson films are like for it's like for the the like the a-list stars are like i'd like to make like an artsy fartsy film like i would still like to make lots of money and like be, have people be like oh my god did you see so and so on this and like really have it be seen but i'd like to do something artsy fartsy and weird yeah like because you you're getting both not it's not like you're doing some like weird little art house film that 12 people are gonna watch you're what you're in doing a film that fucking everyone is gonna see um but it still has this kind of like air about it yeah because the 
like there is yeah it's not it's nowhere near like a typical quote-unquote hollywood type film even though clearly it's very hollywood no, i mean very it's, produced yeah and stuff, it's but at this point like wes anderson films are not like they're mainstream like they yeah. are they yeah. are the, the it's it's not like uh oh this like funky little independent movie like it may technically be independent still i don't i'm not certain like what like i mean american imperial is what american imperial is um but it's yeah it's it's not like like you if you're like oh this film people are like yeah fucking of course i watched that like are you kidding me <laughs> just like there's everyone in it but um mm-hmm. so it's uh about that time Kellum. uh I feel like we kind of wrapped up. I feel like we talked about what we thought about the movie. What are you going to rate this bad boy? So this, so I very much liked this movie. Um, it didn't really, I didn't necessarily like it as much as some of the other Wes Anderson films I've seen, but I thought that it was incredibly well done. Um, and and the more, like the, the, the as Wes Anderson like goes through and makes more films that is something that I'm noticing more and more is that it's not necessarily that I like them more than the older ones which are still my favorites but I do find like being able to appreciate that they're that they are very well done films I mean they all always are but uh so with this I would probably give it I think I'd give it like an 8.5 like 8 8.5 like I I think that it's it's I mean, there are so many things that are working for it, and there's so many like it, just little pieces that all come together in such a, a satisfying way. Um, while at the same time, it's 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 kind of you know it's it's not a typical it's not like your typical three act like you know plot structure yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I'd give it that. I I will go. I will echo some of those things. I think it's. I'll give it an eight. It's I, it, it can grow for sure for me in mm-hmm. time but right now i think about it eight but i would like to say anybody who watched dune you already mm-hmm. know how me and kellen feel about that but mm-hmm. if you felt like man it just sucks that shamalama ding dong only has like has no emotion just being you know paul Trees. <laughs> yeah i like this i like this, this timothy much more he was killed i'm shy about my muscles yeah but here's <laughs> how muscles here is how you counter you circumvent and allow for your artistic nudity, but it's even Steven. When he has to hand Francis McDormand the manifesto when he jumps out of the bathtub instead of him running up and like holding his balls, just have his dick be out. And I think he's supposed to, to be playing like a 15-year-old though. Dude, he's in college. You know what college dorms for girls and stuff? They're I thought like I thought war. it was well, I thought it was high school because that's that's how that is how European, especially in, in that time, but that's okay. more you would still have dorms. Well, okay, well, touche salesman, because I uh, hear dorms not automatically think, but also that his I friend, could be wrong, though. his friends that was like the quote unquote leader went to like go to the war because he was like oh, I'm drafted like it's service everybody has to and I think they said he was 19 which makes mm-hmm. them 18. Could, plus could be right. plus you want to tell me he's 15 and his mom was cool with Francis McDormand and him fucking no okay he was not 15 he was 18 Timothy Chalamet might pass for 15 still but he is not 15 that's, that's okay? fair that's fair uh, but anyway. Eight, eight for me. I also liked it a lot. But now, now it's time, Kellum. It's time okay. for you to, we're going to rank these, these bad boys. So since I gave you 
literally no time to prepare. What's your number 10 movie? Okay, uh, l- let me give, give me a brief moment to just pull up a list of all the films that he's done. Oh, just so that I, I have, can... a, I have, I have it right here in like right. down, but right. but I don't have that. In front I of me. excluded the uh, like non movie ones. So basically, it starts you got Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Ted and Bombs, Steve Zizou, Jarling, Darjeeling Limited. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Budapest, Isle of Dogs, French Dispatch. Those are your 10 movies. Yeah. So um, also apparently there is a, a new one that's coming out this year called Asteroid City, which is oh, cool. Yeah, it seems interesting. But OK, so uh, by virtue of me never having seen it. I'm going to put Bottle Rocket at the bottom. I've heard that it's quite a good film, and I, I'm certain that that is not actually reflective of the content therein. But I cannot, I can't really give it anything more than that because I have not watched it. That makes, that makes um, sense. Uh, we'll go. I'll go back. We'll go back and forth, trade off with each other. Okay. Uh, my number ten is literally the exact same thing you just said. It's going to be Darjeeling Limited because I haven't seen it. But like just looking at the two movies, I feel like I like Bottle Rocket more. And I haven't seen that one either, which spoiler for my next movie. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. You've seen it, so you can talk about it when we get around to it. But what yeah. is your number nine? I, um, I think that my number nine is going to be. Uh, I I was I was gonna say Hotel Chevalier, which is like a short film that is like uh, presages the uh, Budapest. The, no, uh, the Darjeeling Limited. Um, oh uh and it it's it it was fine i mean like it, it was it was good it wasn't it didn't quite it wasn't quite my like typical i mean it, i haven't seen it in so fucking long it didn't like mm-hmm. it didn't like see any kind of wide release really um but um yeah it has a uh, natalie portman and uh jason schwartzman and uh okay. yeah okay. yeah um well like i said my nine's bottle rocket what's your eight uh, my eight, I would say, I would have to say for my eight, um, I guess, I guess Darjeeling Limited. I, so I like Darjeeling Limited. Darjeeling Limited is the story of, uh, three brothers. Um, uh, it is, uh, Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson and Adrian Brody. Uh, no, it's Owen Wilson, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and Adrian Brody. And like they are, um, again, I have not seen this in probably 15 years, but uh, they are in India, I believe. And they are like the, like one, I think that their father died. I don't remember the, I don't remember the the plot exactly. It was good. It felt a little bit weirder for me. um, Just because, like, it, it, I mean, also, I was, like, in high school, so, like, I didn't really have an appreciation for, for things. I could probably watch it again and have different thoughts on it. Um, but uh, it was it was definitely a more... It was a less comedic uh, film. And, okay. Uh, but it was it was still good. Uh, it, okay. it was still, you know, that patented... Enjoyable? Yeah, kind of Okay. Thing. Well, my eight is going to be the forgetful Wes Anish movie, and that's me, Moonrise Kingdom. Because I can't really remember it that well, <laughs> so that's yeah. I remember scenes, but not the whole movie. So I put that at eight. Uh, what do you got at seven? Um, I think for my seven, I am going to put Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I actually really like this film. For me, though, it moves very. See, this is the thing. It's very difficult for me to like rank these. Like, I like all of these films. 
You, um, Kellen, you're doing a wonderful job because number right, seven for me is also Steve Zizou. So right, I think right. I'm right in there. Like an, uh, one being lower on the list does not mean that I like, like it less. It's just, I, I have to put them somewhere. Um, Steve Zizou, it, I love the kind of feel. It, like it, the, the reason that I don't, that it's not higher than the list is kind of paradoxically the reason I like it. Um, that it has this kind of weird hypnagogic like feel through it that it like it moves very slowly and it doesn't really have a lot going on through like a huge chunk of this film um but so, it's it's the same it's like the most fantastical of his films that aren't like d- directly like like fantastic mr fox or isle of dogs or things like that um it feels like the most fantastical um but me, I, yeah it's quite enjoyable quite funny but there are large chunks of this movie when i'll be like oh dude you want me i can go make some popcorn like hey bro i'm about to make a sandwich you want to get some chips yeah. like no don't pause it i'll yeah. be back like, you know, it's like, yeah like that's why it's yeah like bill it's murray like, being like being like uh like when, when um uh, when jeff called was like oh what's your dog's name he's like cody i don't know why that was the funniest shit in the entire like the, the dog's name would be cody was like the funniest shit in the world to me when i first saw that um but yeah that that's that is where and that is where you're you're that's uh, number my, seven that's is also still. my seven okay so what's your six uh my number six uh oh so actually this is we need to move up one because my number nine i would say is isle of dogs because i have not seen isle of oh, okay dogs. well then let, uh, let's just talk about it because my number six is isle of dogs yeah uh it's quite enjoyable um but i think the reason why it doesn't quite get as high for me is because my number one movie is my number one movie and this is not that movie mm. this movie is is like definitely a step below that movie and when you like compare the two of yeah, them I get it's just you. like i get oh. where you're going not like I mean, not this one. This one's a good ass movie. But yeah. I'm just to be honest with you. Like I have a dog. I love dogs. I all of course I love dogs. Do you know what I like a little bit more? We'll get to it anyway. So what is your number five, Kellen? Uh, so okay. So my number five would have to be. My list would load. I'm just curious because. What have, what have what have I not said so far? What. Have, so what we have available is to for my pick, my number five is this fucking movie we just talked about today. Yeah, French Dispatch is my number five. But you also have yet to talk about uh, Rushmore, Tenenbaums, uh, Budapest. Okay, my my number five is does um... this movie, Tenenbaums, Rushmore, Budapest, and my number one. Those are the, the ones I think I think my number five is is your number one, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. Mr. Fox. Is like that how it? dare you? I like, like how again, I like the well. film a lot. I think that it's great. I think that it's incredibly so, well done. I, I love I'm gonna go meditate for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic film. I love I love Claymation. I think that it is wonderfully done. It doesn't it isn't giving me as much of what I go to Wes Anderson films for, though. Like, if, it, if, it, if we were just talking about films and this it wasn't all Wes Anderson, this would rank much higher. But this is not giving me that stank that I'm looking for, you know? That is a very fair argument, but this movie makes me laugh every time I watch yeah, it. I, really, cannot, really I cannot stop laughing every time. Yeah. Like, like, I'm a fox. Like, I'm a wild animal. I need to be free. You have a wife and a son at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's just like yeah. 
I remember watching this and just be like, yes, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to switch. The, so Moonrise Kingdom is my number five. This is my number four. Like, okay, like, like that, that's, that's my number four. That, well, that, I'll double yeah. down then. So my number five, like I said, was French Dispatch. My number four is, uh, if I can look at it. Oh, it's Rushmore because yeah. it's fucking funny, but it's not quite a top three for, in my opinion. Uh, the reason why is I personally don't find the idea of Jason Schwartzman trying to bang his old, this older lady. It's really uncomfortable for me. Like rewatching it. Yeah, it's makes me kind of uncomfortable when I was a kid and I was his age. Like, yeah, bro, you, that chick's hot, bro. Like, you got to get it. Like, yeah, it's... nefarious means like, let's do this. Like, let's go. We got to destroy this other dude. That's like, get him yeah, I never I like, never had that feeling watching this. Never once watched this was like, yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, always like, whoa, man, are you OK? <laughs> I don't know. I like to just go along with it when there's crazy involved. You're like. All right, bro, let's just roll with it. Like, how are we doing this? Like, but you go method. I just go, I just basically, if they're, if the choice is, hey, you could be like this 40 year old, or well, it's being rude. It's like 35 year old man or this 15 year old kid who's kind of a douchebag, but at least he's still your age. But I guess I'm going to be with the 15 year old kid. I don't think any of they were, I think they were all in their 20s. Like, you have to remember, Uh, this is like 1997. Look, Jason Schwartzman has looked 14 for his entire life. Well, no, so but, but I mean, like, like Luke Wilson, I'm pretty sure was like, like 20. Yes, he was probably. OK, you're right. I'm very much, I'm very much overselling their age. But yeah. at the same time, like, yeah, come on, guys, you get the you get what I'm saying. He could I'm, legally buy alcohol. Yeah, okay? I'm picking so up what totally you're different, Yeah, totally yeah. different scenario. Yeah. But Rushmore is still funny. It's still yeah, good. It's, it's great. Still, it slaps, but. Yeah. These top three for me are like it's sort of like hey man like uh what what's Henderson movie should I watch these three right here, um unfortunately Kellen and I are going to disagree on two of them because he put Fantastic Mr Fox at five or four excuse me so aren't there uh, more than ten Wes Anderson films because I still have like I still have like four more yeah no um you there aren't because I picked the ten theatrical like full length movies that like are oh because I safe. I put I put Hotel Chevalier. And exactly. Hotel Chevalier is not okay. All right. So you're so putting randos. So okay. So well, I mean, I don't know. I consider so this is really my number four coming up. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. So <laughs> my number four then is um uh it, this movie. Are you gonna talk yeah, about yeah, yes, 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 this movie? Yeah, <laughs> yes. This this movie. I keep forgetting that this is one of the film like that we just this watched. Like I, I keep being like, oh shit, like that's right. I have to figure out where to put this. I would put this one at number four. I think this is like really good. I I it has like all the things about Wes Anderson's films that I like the reason that I go to them. Um and yeah, I would I would say, I mean it's not it does not unseat any of my favorites, but it is it is Up incredibly sure. yeah, it's See, incredibly good. And that's why it's uh at five because it's not quite like i think it really has the option to beat rushmore for me at some time in some time but at the same time it's so new i can't put it above Mm. those yet you know what i mean um so yeah that's your four then okay so my four like i said was rushmore so what is your three uh grand budapest okay so grand budapest is also my three yeah yeah this movie 
Yeah, I think it has a lot more of like an emotional, like I feel like there it's, I mean, obviously it's, it is a, a cohesive narrative rather than like these kind of like this, this, uh, uh, anthology or, yeah. type things, travel book anthology. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was like fantastically done. I thought that Ray Fiennes was amazing. Um, I, I thought that everyone was, was incredibly good. Dude, Ray Fiennes and Sarah Sharonin yeah. both just yeah out of this world and talking yeah. of Lori, you're like dude yeah they too but yeah at the time i was like who is this kid like exactly. everyone was like who is exactly this kid? Yeah. it's just like Ur? yeah what? yeah like i just it's also the wit the fun it's funny it looks so great and yeah ray fine's just no willem defoe yeah Adrian so willem brody defoe, everyone brody uh kill the swim norton i mean <laughs> ever everybody yeah. that movie is great um it let me see let me guess Okay, no, you're. I think my number two is your number one, and I think your number two is Rushmore. Am I right? Uh, no, that is not true. My number one oh. is it is Rushmore. Yeah. Okay, well then we have to say number two as well. What? Yeah, up? yeah, yeah. My yeah, my number. <laughs> so is I think it's your turn. Well, no, it's my turn. No, it's anyway. it's your turn. But yeah. We, so my means... my number two and your number two are are the, the same. It's the yeah. Tenenbaums. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's fucking <laughs> like it really is like like the it's Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman absolutely like just crystal makes this movie yeah it's you have all the silliness going on and then yeah. you have gene fucking hackman in the middle just being i mean um, this yeah. is like it and i i will be honest like i've gone back and forth a couple times in this list between which one is my first between these two and i've gone back and forth but yeah i mean like this film like it's i mean as somebody who grew up in a family with like weird not great shit going on like it, it like it this was like Oh, like I felt very seen watching this. Um, and like, yeah, there's just something like very kind of like, I don't know, it, it's there is that that same level of a weird kind of fantastical, like alternate reality, like thing that Wes Anderson weaves so effortlessly through his works. Um that they like take place in like a slightly adjacent dimension kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody like this is a, like an amazing ensemble cast, just like everything that he's done. Um, like it's Danny yeah. Glover, Angelica Houston, Gene Hackman, Schwartzman, yeah. Owen, or Owen Wilson. Speaking Wes of Angelica Paltrow. Houston, Angelica Houston was in this film. Who? Who is she? She is the person who is doing the intro voiceover really yeah i like i wow. immediately was like that's angelica houston where like where's it was it nowhere like nowhere that was that was <laughs> that was it like wow angelica houston's voice just resides in I, my head right i now. hope that's right i have not checked that i was just like that fucking angelica Houston would believe yeah. that though i have no i have no problem yeah. believing that but yeah this, it's so good this movie makes yeah. Gwyneth paltrow enjoyable think about that i mean like, yeah, she's th- not but yeah, like you, yeah you know it, what i mean like, it may it, it makes you yeah I mean, it's great. Like Luke Wilson's character is amazing in this. Um, uh, ben Stiller, like and, and Ben it's, Stiller, it's with that fucking tracksuit kills me. It, I think that it more than so. This and Rushmore both have like very like the highest levels of like uh, comedic nature going on with it. But I think that this one has more of an emotional core at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. in, in not that Rushmore doesn't, but the, this one does in like a kind of like a raw way um and yeah it just it just very much like there was a time when right after high school when like you and I would hang out every single day starting at like four and like you'd like watch nip tuck and get super baked and go to go to whataburger and Mm -hmm. I didn't see the sun for six months um (laughs) that yeah 
I wouldn't go outside before you'd pick me up. Like, and you'd pick me up after sports center was like part of the interruption was over. Um, But uh, I, I would watch Rushmore and Royal Tenant Bonds every single day during that time, every single, I watched. So I was in a profound depressive funk and I would watch Rushmore Royal Tenenbaums, Lost in Translation, and Ghostbusters 1 and 2 every day on VHS. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a fucked up time in my life, man. It was so weird. <laughs> it's like, bro. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Like, I, it's funny to me that me, well, basically our lists were extremely similar, except yeah. our number ones were both like our number fives or whatever. Yeah. It was like we both, our sixes. We, we both flip-flopped. Yeah. So why, tell me why Rushmore is your number one. Rushmore is my number one for, honestly, like it has, it has just a little bit more of, I'm not really sure how to quantify it, but there's like, edginess is not the right term, but there's like th- this kind of like weird, cool factor that is, is brought in this movie. Like it, it feels, it feels more fun. Like it feels like the most fun film, and like like it it's like you're like going on. It's, it's kind of like this capery type thing, and like it's it's got a a large cast of characters, and but it's it feels very like cohesive. Like okay, we're going from here, we're going to here, kind of thing. But like okay. yeah, it, it's being cucked is like a fun comedic experience. Is that I what? don't know that that's anything that happens in in this film. I mean, like. Th- I feel like Jason Schwartzman feels cut. I feel like he feels. I think that he's yeah. fucked up in this film. I think that he has <laughs> issue that he needs to see a therapist in this film. So I don't think that you could call that that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that there's there's just like a, a, this element of fun that that I feel whenever I watch. It's like it, it just is. Uh, it's there's a, a level of excitement. There is. I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, there is like a very real emotional element to this, like through Bill Murray's character, through like the things that uh, that Jason Schwartzman's character has experienced in their life. And like, I also very much identified with it, like as a younger person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's and I think part of it, too, is that it was the first film that I watched. So like it always has like it has like the most nostalgia associated with okay. it. But uh, yeah. yeah. And I see, mean, for me. I like to understand and process and learn about like midlife crises through what does the fuck say? I like oh to, my God. you know, remember when you showed that to me? I'd never seen that. I did not life. show you that. Yes. I did not did. show you what did the yes. fox say? I, I went, promise I did. Literally had never heard, seen, knew a thing about this. And like, so it had just like probably two or three days at this point. I go over to you and Roxy's. And literally, y'all are over there. It's like ring, ding, 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 ding. Really? I was like, Fuck, "Why are you making these me? noises?" And y'all were like, "Thomas, you don't, you don't know Jesus why we're making those noises." And I was like, "No." And you're like, oh, "I'm about to show you the greatest thing ever." And I slapped you. The <laughs> that set, a, like that like is in the, the dark. Middle- it was a dark time in my life apparently <laughs> i blocked that out i have no memory of this at all i was also was probably when, profoundly stoned we were actually yeah we were this is when we were like smoking like chain smoking yeah this is what like, i yeah yeah and yeah, our apartment outside, i literally was smoking smoke, yeah. all the time yeah all the time anyway uh i love faith that's fox it really helped me understand like just uh arrest arrested development i was like man like I'm, oh, the I'm show the show 
No, the actual <laughs> state of being. Okay, I was <laughs> like, wait, you know, I never really got Arrested Development, but then I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, and that really put it all into perspective for me. And Joe's yeah, character like, really shines through more. I really meant like the actual <laughs> state of being of yeah. Arrested Development, yeah, not no, that the TV sense. show. Yeah, and the fact that like, like I, just, I feel like I, I'm supposed to be more, and I need to do all this stuff, and I'm just like, because you know, you watch shows where or movies about midlife crisis and you know and you're just like this is i don't understand this this is fucking stupid yeah like you have a loving family at home and you want to like buy a convertible and go bang that waitress at hooters that makes no sense oh, and then like you watch me that's mr fox and it's like no i just want to go murder chickens and like be a fox ah yeah like, i okay. i didn't do the things that i wanted i can't do the things that i thought i could do anymore yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, uh and so i was like yeah i just really love it and i'll rewatch that movie uh, pretty much any time not every single day for a year yeah man, i'm, I'm not that you, it was dude. a fucked up time it was like yeah. not a good <laughs> i will you know true, true confessions i mean i'll tell people the movies i did watch every day going uh you know every single day for you know more than a year i watched the jetsons movie uh next friday yeah. not friday but next friday the second one um the original kings of comedy and the Fellowship of the Ring, because for like probably 12 years of my life, I didn't have cable in my room and I watched those things going to sleep every night. I wasn't actually. <laughs> that is that is part of why that is part of why I did this. Too. One, I was profoundly depressed. And two, I did not have cable or Internet. So kind of just like, yeah. Yeah. Back in those days, children, you just played whatever you had. Yeah. Whatever was on <laughs> TV. That's what you were watching. Yeah. You know, like commercials. Yeah. But. I think that that wraps things up for us. So what I'd like to do is thank every single one of you angels, demons, fuckers, esteemed colleagues and guests, listeners, folks. Uh, folks works. <laughs> folks, you know, folks is folks is all. It's like I don't know. I'm sure it doesn't like, have you know, it doesn't have enough personality. It just sounds too country for some two boys from literally the fucking city. So like. Oh, yeah. Howdy, folks. I just want to say uh, welcome here to Joe Bob and uh, Boo Bob's uh, Tackle Podcast. Here we're going to talk about all the different kinds of tackles you can use and bait. Ooh, and bait. Let me tell you. Now, most people here are like, I'm not about to do that. So uh, anyway, folks, I appreciate you, John. It's just honestly, it's like that's Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers owns folks. Like that's all folks. Mm -hmm. Like I can't take that. That's literally how I, every cartoon I watched as a child closed. You know, so I'm trying to be like, yeah, you know, they got folks. Yeah, we have, you know, fuckers or esteemed guests and colleagues. I don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there are some, there's, there are many levels <laughs> between the two. <laughs> like, you know, what we should do is we should have when in three years when we finally whatever decide to do a patreon that's what we'll have our tiers be it's like angels demons fuckers folks like all yeah, the, you know, just yeah. all those things will be the tiers uh but until then uh if you would if you've really been enjoying the more conversational fun laid back bullshitting approach that kellum and i have been doing you can always join the conversation you know if you wanted to hit us up on social media you could follow kellum on pretty much anything twitter yeah. instagram uh at cool underscore Gollum. That is C-O-O-L underscore. That is a shift and then the hyphen key, just in case anybody doesn't understand. And then <laughs> Gollum is, is G-O-L-L-U-M. That's yeah. how, uh, once again, that is C-O-L, C-O-O-L underscore shift hyphen. 
Did you say C O L C O O L? No, I said I said C O I said C O O L, and I was like, "That's too fast." It's Kukul Kukul Golem is how it's C H It's C H. It's make sure to put the secret Q. Yeah, it actually the hashtag sign is in the middle of it, just so you know. And then you can follow me exclusively on Twitter because I don't really use the other things. You we have to get you an Instagram. At Stimpy is King. That's S-T-I-M-P-Y-I-S-K-I-N-G. If you've never seen Red and Stimpy, the TV show, uh, you can just look that up. It's literally spelled the same way. And if you don't know how to spell is or king, just look it up. See me after class. Just look it up. Come and see me after class. Uh, Other than that, you can always follow us at ObserveCast personally on Instagram. Yeah. And Twitter. Yeah. And see all the fun, dumb things that are going on over there. And last but not least, I would appreciate it if you would like to email us unqualifiedobservers at gmail.com. Once again, unqualifiedobservers at gmail.com. Lastly, I have one final closeout question for Kellum. And that simple question is Dude, how's your weekend looking? Are you, you doing good? You haven't. You got some excitement coming up, or yeah? This this weekend, well, so we're gonna record that thing on Friday. Remember, we gotta record that thing yeah. on Friday, um, and uh, in we'll we'll let you guys know when uh, uh, we'll let you all folks know when when that goes up and what that is. Um, other than that, nah, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really Just work. Yeah, I, I, I mean, no, I'm off the weekend, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do nothing. I mean, it's, it's also like it's Tuesday, so, so like it's, it's. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, not, not, not too terribly much. No, just, you didn't uh, treat yourself yesterday for Valentine's. Uh, no, I did not. I, I kind of like was became like barely aware of it, like when I got on like the the socials uh, in the morning. I was like, oh, that's right. Anyways um but uh yeah no i did not uh i did not really engage in uh in that uh what about you what you got uh going on oh, well i'm so glad that you asked yeah uh, i figured I a, a great great lineup for the week you know got wrestling mm. aw mm. always nice always wonderful then uh, i'm recording stimson ain't easy ladies and gentlemen stimson ain't easy with my brothers on Thursday, that'll be fun. That we're doing this thing on Friday. I don't know if you remember or not, but we're doing this thing on Friday. Okay, yeah, we're doing uh, this thing on Friday. And then yeah. my godson, my nephew, my namesake, is having his fifth birthday. Is he? Sunday. Is he? Is he all of those things? Yeah, he is because he's literally named Thomas. So, well, namesake. I know that, <laughs> and he's my godson. And yeah. he calls me uncle and I call okay, him nephew. That's, so that's fair. That's fine. By, by, by blood, that's not accurate, yeah. you know. That's fair. And then uh, he is actually also, yes, turning five on Sunday. That would be the lie. You know, two truths and a yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. He's turning <laughs> 38. You've been in a time warp for the past 15 years. But we're going bowling. Nice. He's super excited. You know, he wants a bike because hmm. what five-year-old boy doesn't want a bike? I mean, right. let's just... yeah. but uh, that's not my job. As the uncle, I got him. You know, toys. I got him Candyland, yeah. a fun game for a child. 
and I got him like light up glowing like glow. You know, at the rave, so everybody has like dope ass finger gloves and stuff that have mm. LEDs and light oh, up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I got those for him because okay. he's five, and he's gonna be like, "This is so cool." But also, I was like, "It's get scared at night." He has lowy hands. You know, it's just a fun idea. I I did for a second. I was like, "What's there? What are his parents gonna think?" And then I remember who his parents are, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> fucking! What am I even saying?" Because <laughs> like, if it's just like a random child. You're like, I got your kid rave gloves. He'd be like. How did you give my kid rave gloves? But like they're gonna be like, oh shit, cool. Can I borrow those? Yeah, Anyways. yeah, um, yeah. Thank you guys for uh, for coming with us. Make sure to rate and review us on all your your favorite bullshit. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm Kellum, and I'm Thomas, and we don't know anything. <laughs>